Um, so I'm just going to jump right in with a verse, Romans 6, 8 through 11 verses, my bad. Um, now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And some, in that same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive in Jesus Christ. So my personal story about having to die to sin and go live for Christ, it wasn't really sin. It was more of a worry and it was more of a, a thought that was constantly in my head. Like my mom said a couple months ago, I, I was the kid that she was talking about, the idiot that stuck his hand in a lawnmower. Um, that was me. So yeah, I stuck my hand in a lawnmower. Dumb idea. Don't recommend it. Negative 10 out of 100. Don't do it. Um, but um, so I did that. And I remember lying awake for several weeks, not even I, days without sleep, because I, one, the pain, it sucked, and the medicine they gave me did not take away the pain. That's a, um, that, that's a whole other story. But um, I remember lying there for weeks, and I could not, and I just kept asking the question, why? Why? Because I couldn't play it. They, they said, we don't know if you'll be able to play guitar again because we don't know if that bone will be there because it's basically the way they described it that it was like a crushed up graham cracker that bone and so as I'm sitting there I was like I'm crying my mom's crying fun fact I didn't cry until my mom walked in and then she cried that made me cry I did not cry because of the pain I'm not a big baby I'm a big baby when I see my mom cry I was hitting my head up against the windows and to pillows because of the pain I was trying to make the pain go somewhere else fun fact pillows don't hurt um but I was sitting there crying because I saw how much worry my mom had for me. And then my dad walked in. He goes, you'll be fine. And I was like, thanks, dad. <laughs> and little did I know that he was right. I'm perfectly fine. I still, still hurts every now and then. I still got to take ibuprofen like I'm addicted to it, which I'm surprised at this point I'm not because I have to take it at least three times a day because my finger just hurts. Um, but in that moment, God asked me to be quiet. <laughs> he said, shut up and be quiet. And I don't know about y'all, but God talks to me like he's my mom or my dad. Like, shut up. Let me talk. So, and I like to talk, so I was like, fine. So I did. And then he said, play the song Quiet, which, fun fact, like, another fun fact, wow. Um, my mom played that song as I was bawling my eyes out. Um, quiet by Elevation. And it's really good. Uh, I recommend it 10 out of 10. I think we've all recommended a song today that everybody that spoke has recommended a song. But yes, I love that song. And it says, I'll just be quiet and let you speak through the silence. Even when in that silence, silent moment, when we think that we are not alive in God, God is doing something in us that we cannot even see. Uh, okay. <laughs> Gabe told me to stay in the square and I can't really tell where the square is on stage. Um, what does it mean to be alive in Christ? Listen, does anybody have a small idea of what it would mean to be alive in Christ? Because I have my idea. I just want to hear one idea. Nobody? Okay, then I'll just tell my idea. Um, to live for Christ is to live by the Spirit, which is being obedient to what he is saying to us and being obedient to the Word, trusting in what he says is true. That's such a key point about any friendship, any relationship. You have to trust what they say is true because without trust, there's no friendship. Without trust, there's no relationship. So... Yeah, <laughs> um, we need to recognize what in our lives needs to die of our worldly ways, of, needs to die of our childish ways, what sin needs to go away. And that looks different for every single one. It's, no one has the same 
no one has the same temptation every single day. I think that makes sense. <laughs> um, and every commitment that he may ask you to make or everything that he may ask you to drop, it might not be just that sin. It might be something that you, that, uh, that someone, that, that thing that you hold on to that caused that sin, that you don't even know that caused that sin. So he could ask you to stop hanging out with that friend or stop going to those stores or stop going to those parties and stop looking at those things and stop watching that movie. But, I mean, it looks different for everybody. So there's no really telling what God will do in your life when you say, okay, God, I'm dying to my worldly ways. I'm giving up my childish things. Do what you need to do. So when you do that, God may ask you to move to, like, Bhutan. I don't know if you guys know where Bhutan is, but it's literally... A, 17, I believe, can, 17 of those countries can fit inside of Oklahoma. And yeah, that's a really small country. But he might ask you to move there, he or he, you might want to move there, and God asks you to stay here. And so that looks different for everyone. There's a verse I think of when I talk about childish things, and it's 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I, was, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And that childish thing will look different for every single person. It's not going to look the same. For some of y'all, it might be just something as simple as cussing. Some of y'all, maybe something bigger than... And another thing is, God doesn't measure sin. There's not a special measuring cup. There's not a special anything. It's just there. Sin is sin. There is one above, but we're not getting on that topic. Um, when we put those childish things away, I would hope that you're like, okay, God, I need your help. I, would, I need your help. Just like, and you, you need to stop control, wanting to control your life. Because that's another thing, a childish way for me. I want to I have control over everything. I don't know if anybody else is like that, but I, I, I'm a little control freak because I don't like when things don't go my way. But you ever been in the store and you see like a little toddler like running around and he like goes and picks up every single thing. And he's like, mom, I want this. Mom, I need this. Or I want this piece of candy. Can we have those frozen pancakes? Um, I like frozen pancakes, sorry. Um, and the mom's like, no. And then the child just falls on the ground and screams and you're looking at him like, shut up before I come take care of you myself. Because I've thought that before, but I won't do that because I don't feel like getting arrested um, or having that on my whatever you want to call that. I don't remember what it's called. Um, but <laughs> I think we're the same one with God because we constantly want these things in our life that we don't need. And, and it's really for the better good because who knows, frozen pancakes are not good for you. <laughs> because so we could be holding on to that thing, like pornography. Take that in the same thing as frozen pancakes. It's two different things, but take it as the same thing. A little kid wants frozen pancakes. Say a teenager wants pornography, wants that lust, wants that. We have to give that up to God because that's a childish thing. I mean, in order, in order to become alive in Christ, we have to give a childish thanks. We have to become a man. We have to become a woman of Christ. We need to ask the Lord for help. We need to stop trying to do these things on our own because God knows we cannot. We do these things, we're like, oh, we can do that. No, we can't. <laughs> um, we need to grow up. We really do. We need to grow up, man up, realize that we cannot do everything, every single thing on, a, on our own. We have to have help. We need to prepare ourselves for what he has in store. Like I said earlier, you, there's not really a, a certain way to prepare yourself. You just have to be ready to say, okay, God. And, th and that's another thing. Like for me, if God was like, hey, guess what? You get to move to Chad. And Chad is in Africa. And, and he was like, I'm like, okay. I don't know nothing about that place. That's why I picked it. Um, if he was like that, and I was like, oh, 
Okay, if, mm, I go. That'd be being obedient and being put, being able to put childish things away and being alive in Christ. Um, but he said no. That it'd be like, you know I mean Jonah running from Nineveh, being a child, go hiding, and and God will come back every single time. He does not care where you are. He will come find you in every single moment of your life. He will come bring you right back to him because he's a jealous God. He's a grace, graceful, merciful God, but he is also a very jealous God because he wants your 100% attention every single day. And there's, like I said earlier, there, no matter what you do, no matter how you do it, there is not a special measurement for sin. There is, it is all the same in God's eyes. So no matter if you think you are too good or too bad for God, there is nothing there. You, God is above and beyond everything we have ever done, everything we will ever do, and everything we've done in the past, everything we will do, because there's no special measurement. There's not a measuring cup. He's not, like, making a cake of us. Like, I don't know if you make that, ever made a cake, but, like, you gotta have, be precise when you bake, and you, like, cut the excess flour off and all that crap. My mom gets mad when I don't do that. Um, when you think that you are not strong enough, remember that Christ is always going to be there no matter what happens. The tempt- no matter what the temptation was, even if you fell or didn't fall, he will be there in that moment. He'll be there like the father waiting for the prodigal son. He will always be there in everything. And sin is going to be a struggle constantly, even if you are alive in Christ, even if you do give 100% of your heart to Christ, even if you say yes to everything that he says to, there are always going to be sin and temptation. And that's where coming alive in Christ comes in handy because you can look to the Lord and be like, yo, I need help. Or... Yo, I need, I need direction. I need something. And remember, it's time to grow up, time to put away childish things and become a man in Christ. I'm going to pray. And uh, yeah, God, I hope that there is something from my small message, my small little sermon, whatever you want to call it, that they will be able to pick up out of this about be putting away childish things and coming alive to Christ. And I really hope that someone, someone today will take something out of it. And uh, amen. morning. Um, so, hi. If we haven't had the pleasure of meeting, my name's Kaylee. I'm 16. I've been a student leader here for almost five years, so it's been quite a while, but not nearly as long as Ethan. Um, and he kind of touched on my subject a little bit. I'm talking about surrender and giving up control. So, if you're taking notes, which I highly suggest you do, my title is Open Hands. Um, so, Chris told me about a month ago that I would be speaking up here, and you know, I was super pumped. I love student takeover, and I was so ready, and I had this message planned, and I knew exactly what I was going to speak about, and then the next day, I got a medical diagnosis that really just shook me, and I didn't know what to do. I was at a loss for words, and I just remember sitting in my room that night, and I was texting a friend, and she said, Kaylee, are you ready to be tried by fire? And I said, what, like, what are you talking about? And she goes, Kaylee, he's trying you. God's trying you. He just wants you to be open. He wants you to give him your hands and he'll use it. And that's where my message came from. Um, is I just sat there and I said, God, do what you want. I, this is gonna hurt. It's gonna suck, but do what you want. And so I usually teach over in kids, so I I have like that kids mentality. So I want everyone 
to look at their hands, please. Um, and I want, to th I want you to think of every single thing you've ever given or received. So every gift, um, a hug, a high five, like anything. And now I want you to close your hands and make a fist. So when we make a fist, we want to hold on to something and not let go. So I could have held on to my pain. I could have held on to my fear. I could have held on to, I don't know what's going to happen. But God wants you to let it go. And then I want you to stretch out your hands. And it's kind of tiring to, you know, stretch out your fingers. It's, it's not really comfortable. It's tiring. It's, it, it's exhausting. Because when you stretch too far, you, you get tired. When you stretch too far, your attention is so focused on the stretching that you can't focus on anything else. You know, my parents in here, like I said, I work with kids, so I, I kind of get the idea of being a parent, but like without all of the, you know, discipline. Um, so when, let, let's say your kid like knocks something off of the counter and you reach out to grab it. Like you reach as far as you can because you don't want whatever got knocked off to fall. Or if your kid's about to trip, you reach out and you pick them up. But when you're reaching, you can't focus on anything else. When you're reaching, you're stretching, you're straining, and you can't focus on anything else around you. And it's the same thing with God. When you're so stretched from everything around you, when you're so stretched of, I have to get this done, I have to get this done, this needs to happen, I'm worried about this, where's God? God doesn't want your, yeah, okay, I have 10 seconds here, I'll, I'll give you my attention. God doesn't want your 10 seconds, he wants your life. Um, so stretch hands can often take as much energy as fist can. So you can relax your hands now if you hadn't already. Um, and like I said, I was, I got this medical diagnosis and I was, I was really irritated. If I'm being honest, I was, I was mad at God and I, I just didn't know why. And the next Sunday I was standing in the back corner during worship and I wasn't really feeling it. I, like I said, I was irritated, and you know when you're irritated, you kind of just want to stand there. Like, don't talk to me, don't look at me, I'm just, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to be mad. Um, and that's when God spoke all of this to me, and he said, the state of our hands often shows the state of our heart. And so when your hands are closed, when you're holding on to everything, you can't let anything in. But when you're so stretched, you don't have room to receive what God's giving to you. And it kind of brought me back to worship is my safe place. And, you know, I said, I was standing in worship, and he said, just open your hands. You know, I was standing with, like, my little fists and just all mad, and I don't get mad that often, but when I do, it's bad. Um, but he said, just open your hands. Just give it up. You don't need to hold on to it. Just give it up. And I'm here to tell you that today. You don't need to hold on to it. Give it up. Whatever you're holding on to, whatever you're stretching and straining, trying to, trying to grasp, you don't need it. God's got this. Um, and so, if we constantly live with closed hearts, holding on to everything that's come against us, we can never receive what God has for us. But living our lives constantly stretched leaves no room for our attention to be on God. But when we live with our hearts and hands open, ready to both give and receive, that's where God works in us. And so our theme was being alive in Christ, so obviously I had to tie it in. 
Um, so Jesus lived his life with his hands constantly open. He was ready to give whatever he needed to to help the people around him, but he was also ready to receive what God had for him. So if we are trying to live a life in Christ, why aren't we living like that? To live a life with open hands is to live in a constant state of surrender. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like surrender. I don't like the word. It, it makes me shake. I hate it. I just, I, I like control. Like Ethan said, I'm a control freak. It's great um, sometimes. But when we trust God with our past, our present, and our future, that's where he begins to work with us. When we say, you know what, God, I can't handle this. You can have it. That's when he begins to work. So opening our hands to God's work in our lives takes trust and surrender, but the result will always be the receiving of blessing. And um, like Ethan said, we, we've all pointed out a song today, so you know, I had to find a song because I didn't want to be the only one. And so I found this song, it's called Open Hands, and I was just listening to it right before service, and um, it just says, take it all, every hope, every dream, and every plan, every weight, all of the shame and brokenness. Jesus, I surrender all, every victory and loss. Take it all till all I have is open hands. Everything in our life has meaning when, when it's placed in the hands of God. It doesn't matter if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It all matters in God's hands. He can use the brokenness. He can use your mountains. He can use your valleys. It doesn't matter. Just place it in the hands of God and he can use it. So I'm gonna pray real quick and then Angie's gonna come up. So Jesus, I just ask that we surrender all today, that everything we're holding onto, everything we're stretching towards, that we would just surrender it because you have the answer and you have the, you have the key. Jesus, I just ask that every weight and every burden in this room would be lifted right now, Jesus, that there is a new freedom in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give it up for our students. Aren't they amazing? I'm so proud of you guys. You guys are killing it this morning. So um, Kaylee was talking about how our theme for the morning is Alive in Christ. And when I heard that, my brain started going a thousand different directions. And I was so excited because I was like, there's so many things I could talk about. I could talk about Paul and Saul, and I could talk about this and this and this. Because, you know, the Bible is full of examples of things, if you haven't read it. Spoiler alert. Um, but God was really bringing me back to the basics, and I've really wrestled with bringing it because I'm like, this is so, like, beginner, Jesus. Like, don't you have something deeper for me to bring? And he's like, nope, this is it. So, so here we go. Um, I was thinking about to really be alive, what does it mean? Like, what do you have to do to be alive? And the first thing that pops into my head, God was just saying, you got to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your spirit. And so I just feel like true life really can begin to grow and develop in that quiet and unseen place that you have with God, in your daily devotions with him, in that spot where nobody else sees but you and Jesus. That's where things really start to take shape, and that's where you can truly begin to understand how to live and be led by the Spirit. And you know, it's so important. It's like when a baby is conceived and is in the womb and is growing and developing, it starts out so little and weird looking like a gummy bear. And then it grows. The more the mother nourishes her body, the more the baby gets nourished. And it begins to grow and develop. And when the baby's ready, it comes into the world and starts breathing oxygen and becomes another world changer. And 
in that quiet and unseen place is where this amazing transformation is taking place. And it's the same thing in our quiet times. When we spend time with Jesus, just like the mother nourishes the baby, God is nourishing us. He's nourishing our souls and our spirits. It's where we learn to hear his voice. It's where we learn to trust him. It's where we develop our faith. And it's in that place we learn how to fight. Because I don't know about you, but this year has been a fight for me. And I know I'm not alone in it. This year has been unlike anything I've ever experienced and I did not want to experience in my lifetime. But you know, God wasn't shocked by what happened with the pandemic or with the riots. He's not surprised. He never for a second has dropped the ball on us. And um, I'm so thankful for that. And it's in that, the place where I, I have four kids at home. And so finding a quiet place for me is really difficult because my kids demand my attention because snacks are life, apparently. Um, but uh, the other day, I was, I was so hungry. I hadn't had anything to eat, and I could feel myself starting to be a little shaky. So I grabbed a banana, and I have a, a beautiful little one-year-old, but I swear anytime I go to eat anything, she just knows. It's like a sensor goes off, and she comes running up, and she's like, nana, nana. I'm like, oh, but I really need to eat this. This is my banana, but you're so cute, and I should share. But God spoke in that moment. He's like, sometimes you have to eat the whole banana because if you're not in a place where you can take care of yourself, you're not gonna be able to take care of her. And I feel like so often, you know, we give and we give and we serve and we, we pour ourselves out, but are we filling ourselves back up? We have to be in a place where we can get in that space with God and let him transform us. In Matthew 6, 6 through 8 in the NIV, says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will, will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I love that we don't have to put on a presentation for God. I love that we can just come to him as we are whether it's big, whether it's, Lord, I need your healing in my body, or I need your healing in my finances, or if it's, Lord, I lost that sippy cup in the house and it's got milk in it and it's gonna get ruined and I need your help. He cares about all of it. He's not, it's like, please, that is not important. He's like, if it's important to you, it's important to me because that's how much he loves us. He loves us so much that he is willing to just be like, why don't you walk this way? Go that way. You can find it. And then when you find it, you're like, yes, thanks, Lord. Because he cares so much about even the smallest things. And uh, that's so awesome. But, you know, it's in our quiet place that we learn to hear his voice. We build our faith. And we learn, how to, we, we learn that we really are dependent on God. He is the source of our life. And I know I, for one, would not be able to do this life without him. Psalm 62.1 in the English standard version says for God alone my soul waits in silence from him comes my salvation and I just I read that verse and I was like oh that's so good because there's so many things demanding our attention nowadays but are we really focusing our attention on what matters what's important for God alone my soul waits in silence it's in those moments those quiet moments that he is trying to speak to us, and we have to be willing to listen. 
because he's trying to guide us and help us be better. And <laughs> life is going to get tough. Problems are going to come our way. It's just the nature of things. And when we're in those moments, you know, we're human beings. We're not going to be perfect. God doesn't want us to be perfect. We're going to feel fear. We're going to feel worry and panic and anger. We're going to feel all of those things. But God is not scared of our feelings. He knows what it's like because he sent his son. Jesus knows what it feels like to feel feelings. He cried in the Bible. It's a verse. You know, he wasn't afraid to feel, but he knew that he didn't have to stay feeling that way. He moved beyond it. And, you know, when we are just overwhelmed by what's going on in our lives, the trouble that we have, we can remember what it says in John 16, 33. It says, I have told you this so that you will have peace by being united to me. The world will make you suffer, but be brave. I have defeated the world. And I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that I serve a God who is undefeated. That no matter what comes his way, he slays it. Any report of cancer or bankruptcy, any time people are just jerks and mean and you feel hopeless, he is our hope. We have to cling to him. Because when we, when we can't, he can. Never in the history of ever has he not been able to do it. He has been there with us this whole time. And he doesn't want us to be perfect. He doesn't want us to have it all together. He doesn't, need, he doesn't even need us to know the answer to what's going to happen tomorrow. Because he knows. And when we realize our dependency on him from that quiet place, we're going to be able to be like, okay, I don't know what's coming, but I know you're faithful, God. And when we get into that quiet place and we learn how to depend on God and let him lead us, then our life begins to, to produce fruit. And so if the worship team would start making their way back to the stage, we're just gonna find a landing spot here. But our lives, you're so capable of doing so much. I was thinking about how when you throw a stone in a pond, you see the ripples. And I've heard it so many times in my life that you're a world changer, you're gonna change the world. And it seems like such an overwhelming task. But when you think about it, all you have to do is just be who God created you to be and be that to the people in your proximity because then it starts to ripple because they have people they're connected to and they have people they're connected to. And your obedience has such a big impact and you may not ever see it, but it's there. And there have been so many times in my life where I've just been like, I don't understand why this is happening, God. I don't get it, I'm frustrated, I'm hurt, but I'm just gonna be obedient. And every single time I'm amazed by God, how God turns it around. You know, my, my neighbor, she has been, she's taken advantage of the, uh, there's a word that I need and I can't think of it, the lockdown, or not lockdown, but you know what I mean, we have to be quarantined, there it is, got it. Uh, <laughs> The quarantine, she uh, made her front lawn look beautiful, but it didn't happen overnight. It took time. She had to go buy the seeds and work the dirt and water the plants. And I watched her, that sounds super creepy. I didn't like sit and watch her like, what's she doing today? But uh, 
I, I would see her out there working and just working her garden and making it look beautiful. And before I knew it, things just started to take shape and I could see these flowers. And the fruit of her labor was really producing and it was so beautiful. And it makes me realize that I really need to learn how to garden. But I was just so amazed by all the hard work she was putting in and what it was producing. And I just wanna challenge you today, what are you producing? Are you putting in the right amount of work? Are you trusting that God's got you? Are you really living in Christ? So I just, I just want us to close our eyes right now. And if you're here today and you have just been struggling to produce because you think you're not worth it, or you've been listening to the lies of the enemy saying that you can't, I just want you to raise your hand and surrender to God because he has got you and you are capable of living in Christ no matter what your past looks like, no matter what mistakes you made this morning, God has got you. God, I thank you that you see the hands that are raised. I thank you that you care so deeply about us. And I just pray that you would just help us to remember your good grace, that you are a good father who loves and cares for us. I pray that you would just go before us and continue to fight for us. Help us to remember that you are constantly fighting for us. Help us to turn to you in, with everything. Help us to get our quiet time with you right. Help us to, to put in the work so that we can produce the fruit, God. We love you so very much. You are everything, God. Amen.